Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Happy New Year. Start the year strong with a fresh mindset. Today, Pastor Rich is kicking off a new collection of talks, mindsets, new pathways, new results, sharing on the thought of retrain your brain. As a community, we are stepping into 21 days of prayer and fasting, a time to reset and focus our attention on God. Join us online and in person for weekly prayer gatherings. For more prayer and fasting resources, visit bootchurch.com slash pray first. Remember, if you're going to change your life, you have to first change your mind. Let's lean into the message together. Well, to everybody who's uh, joining us today, whether you're online or in the room, Romans chapter eight, verse five. We are starting a brand new collection today and I am fired up to say the least. And um, this is what the scripture says. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Today we're starting a brand new collection of talks for the next five weeks entitled Mindsets new pathways, new results. And today, uh, for this first sermon uh, of the new year, I wanna preach from the subject, retrain your brain. Retrain your brain. Would you pray with me and believe that God's word meets us? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We believe today it's sharper than any double-edged sword, so have your way in our lives. Change us today, Lord. Transform us. Do a work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, make a little bit of noise today. Come on, city. I heard a story many, many years ago uh, about a young couple who got married. And um, one night, the couple, they sit down for their first meal. Ashley and Matt are probably taking notes according to this right now. And um, she, she brings uh, her husband this meal, and she had made a ham. And when she brings the ham to the husband, the husband notices that uh, the end of the ham had been cut off. And so he says to his wife, he says, well, why did you cut the end of the ham off? And she says, well, that's, that's how you cook ham. That's what you're supposed to do. You have to cut the ham off. And he says, well, how do you know? And he said, she goes, well, that's the way my mom did it. And he thought that was really interesting. He goes, what do you mean? Like your mom told you you have to cut? She goes, yeah, yeah. Whenever you make a ham, you have to cut the end of it off. So he was really intrigued with her response. And the next morning he gets up and he calls his mother-in-law. He says, hi, mom. Um, just wondering, why do you have to cut the end of the ham off? And she said, well, that's just the way you have to do it. That, that's what you're supposed to do. And he says, what do you mean that's what you're supposed to do? How, how do you know that? She goes, well, to be honest with you, uh, that's the way that my mom always did it. <laughs> and so he's very, very intrigued. And so he calls the grandmother and gets her on the phone and says, grandma, um, what's the deal? My wife, uh, my mother-in-law, they all cut the end of the ham off. Why, why are you doing that? And she said, well, um, I did that because my oven was too small to hold the entire ham. <laughs> And so the only way to make the ham fit was to cut an end off. Isn't that amazing that, that like, you know, three generations ago, this grandmother, she had a reason as to why she did something. But as the generations go, as the patterns go, now people are just doing things without any level of a reason. They just doing it because they think they're supposed to do it. I wonder today, as you step into this new year, 
What are some things that you have been doing that you don't really know why you're doing it? Maybe you're just doing it because you're supposed to do it. Maybe it's just a custom. Maybe it's a thought pattern of what was passed down to you from the generations before you. You know, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a new result. Anyone feel crazy yet? Um, We do this. We have this tendency to repeat insane things. I'm not getting a new result, but I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's for this reason that I want to start this year with this brand new collection entitled Mindsets, because I actually believe wholeheartedly that if you want to change your life, you have to first change your mind. It all begins in your mind. And I want to encourage us as we step into this new year, I believe God has incredible things. I believe that God has breakthrough. I believe that God has wonderful things in store for you. But many of us, we will never get there unless we learn how to retrain our brain. The mind is a very, very powerful thing. And all throughout scripture, it's, it's talked about a whole lot One of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, that it says, uh, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Meaning the thoughts that are going through your brain, they are powerful. They have a way that your life tends to follow your thought patterns. You, You want to change your life, it starts right here in the mind. And what a lot of believers fail to realize is that the enemy wants to attack you in your mind. This is what all of us have to struggle with. The real battle is the battle in our mind. The real war that we are waging is right in between our ears. I love what the Apostle Paul writes. I'm gonna give you a bunch of scripture today, so just get ready to write these down. You don't have to turn to all of it, but Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So when the enemy comes to attack you, more often than not, the way that he does it is he does it through your mind. He just attacks you all day long with little thought patterns, tries to make you doubt, tries to make you suspicious, tries to condemn you, tries to make you feel ashamed of who you are. And if you don't understand how to wage war with the enemy, you will try to fight externally things that can only be defeated internally and through the power of the spirit. There's a battle going on in your mind. And so if the enemy wants to ruin your life, guess what he does? He ruins your thoughts. He comes after your thoughts. And this year, as we start this year, City Church Chicago and Vu City and Vu Somi, we're gonna begin this year by fighting back in our mind. Because if we want our life to change, we have to change our mind. And it's not really just um, always about like, for instance, um, making sure that we uh, fight back in our mind. Many times, what, what, what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to focus our mind. And this is like, this is where the real struggle becomes. And we're gonna take many, many weeks to talk about some of these things and practices from God's word. Because one of the most dangerous things as a believer is to have a wandering mind. To not even pay attention to what's going on in your mind. This is what I've learned. I've learned that a wandering mind, when your mind is wandering, things that are meant to bless you will end up stressing you. 
Even some of us right now, like in this room and watching online, like you've already experienced this, right? Like God is blessing you externally, but for some reason you can't figure out why do I still feel so attacked internally? I just, I talk to so many people. It's like, I just got married, but I still feel lonely. The marriage was a blessing. Why do you still feel lonely? I just got promoted, but I still feel insignificant. I just watched this. I just took a vacation, but I still feel stressed. Ain't nobody here in the room like that today. Uh, you can go through all these things. I, I, I got blessed externally. I, 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 I got celebrated, but I still feel insecure. I got honored, but I still don't feel respected. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's that your feelings are connected to your thoughts. And so good things can be happening to you, but you are not winning the war in your mind and therefore negative feelings come up. All of our emotions come from our thought patterns. How do we know this? Because just think about life for a moment. Like whatever you think about is what you tend to feel. This is why like you can go to a funny movie in your life. It might not be hilarious in this season, but you start laughing and you feel for a moment pleasure or joy or, or vice versa. You can watch a scary movie and you can feel fear. I'm 37 years old and um, a couple weeks ago uh, during the break, I was watching some documentary. And by the way, documentaries scare me. And I won't tell you which documentary I was watching, but somehow I got sucked into this vortex of this documentary and I was watching it in my house with all the lights out. I've got three children. I've got a wife, okay? I'm a grown man. But the lights were out in my house and this documentary was telling me some story and the way that the palm tree outside my window, was, I was like, there is demons in this house. I had to turn all the lights on in the house and I called my brother-in-law. I'm like, what's up, bro? He's like, you're calling me late. I'm like, yeah, how you, how you feeling? How you doing? You good? You want to pray? Let's pray, you know? <laughs> Nothing was actually happening to me, but I was feeling fear. Why? Because my mind was wandering. I was allowing things into my spirit. And before you know it, if I just let my mind wander, things that are meant to bless me externally will end up, I'll feel attacked internally. We have to learn how to retrain our brain. So maybe you're going, okay, Rich, because I know we have type A, especially in our early services. This is all the proactive people. <laughs> you're like, okay, you know, what do I have to shift from? You know, what to what? Like, what? Like, okay, yeah, so, so I need to go from evil to good, you know? All right, 2022, negative to positive. But we're actually talking about something deeper than just one thought. We're talking about this idea of a mindset. And a mindset, by definition, is a mood. It's, it's an attitude. It's an, watch this, it's an intention or an inclination. So what we're talking about for the next five weeks is much deeper than just a shift, which we will talk about shifts. But what we're talking about is changing our mindset. This is gonna be like 2022 is the year of an attitude adjustment for some of y'all. It's gonna be a mood, watch this, a mood intervention. There's some spouses like, thank God he's finally preaching this, you know? It, it, it's a correction to maybe your intention. It's a game changer all around because we're talking about what is your mind set on? What is your mind? 
what is, our mind is set. What is your mind set on? There's lots of different types of mindsets. I want to help you in this collection. I want to help you move from a concerned mindset to a confident mindset. A lot of us in this room, I want to take you from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Some, some of us in this room, we have no idea who our God is, okay? He's not the God of enough. Let me preach for a moment. He is the God of more than enough. Somebody ought to give God some praise. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you where you are. And I certainly want to help you get from a fixed mindset to a, to a growth mindset. But before we get to any of those practices and principles, there's really only two mindsets that God's word even teaches us about. And it comes right there from Romans chapter eight. It's the apostle Paul, and he gives us the two mindsets. He says, you either have a mindset that's set on the flesh or your mind is set on the spirit. Now watch this. Whatever your mind is set on, your life tends to follow. So the mind that is set on the flesh leads to death. But the mind that is set on the spirit leads to peace in life. Come on, just wave at me. Who could use some more peace? Who could use some more life? Come on, I, just, I know there's some people in City Church in Chicago, 28 below negative. I don't know what, how cold it is. Peace and life. How do I get there? I have to set my mind on it. What's fascinating about Romans chapter eight is as you start to study it, Paul is not necessarily talking to an unconverted audience. Meaning, you can have a new heart, but still have an old mind. You could have a converted heart, but a carnal mind. You could be headed to heaven, but be miserable here on earth. I just want to remind some people at Vu Church, this is not just a church that wants to simply teach you how to get to heaven. This is a church that wants to remind you that Jesus Christ came to give you life and life more abundantly. He wants to develop you. And so he's saying to all of us, we have to set our minds on the spirit. I, I need to be spiritually minded. I need to make sure that my mind is set on what God says about himself and what God says about me. If my mind is simply on the flesh, it's going to lead to death. I'm going to decay. I'm going to die. My dreams are going to die. My hopes are going to die. What I love so much as I, as I study God's word is I actually know that we are all in a battle with the flesh. But here is where things start to shift is when your mind is set on the spirit, what you realize is that oftentimes I stumble and I fall, but just because at times I operate in the flesh doesn't necessarily mean that I'm controlled by my flesh. My mind is on the spirit. My mind is on what God has said about me. So what can happen is this, is that yes, I might struggle from time to time with some worry, but just because I have some worry doesn't mean that worry has me. I might have a little stress from time to time, but stress doesn't have me. I might struggle with some fear occasionally, but fear does not have me. I have a faith mindset and a faith mindset starts to shift because all of a sudden when I'm going through something, even if it's bad, even if it looks horrible on the outside, I'm connected to the spirit of God and I'm reminded that God's gonna bring something good out of what appears to be bad. God's word says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
How are we gonna move into 2022? We're gonna retrain our brain and we're gonna set our mind on the spirit, the one who's intervening, the one who's working things out, the one who has a plan and a purpose, the guide, the one who's walking with us. You are not alone in this fight. There is a God who walks with you. There's a God who walks with you. And so these things from time to time, I might struggle with them and I might have a little bit of that, but it doesn't have me and it doesn't need to have you. We need to retrain our brain. And for the next five weeks, we're gonna talk about this idea of mindsets and we are gonna find new pathways to develop new results. And today I just wanna give you a really simple teaching. A lot of scriptures want you to write these things down, but I wanna just give you three steps according to God's word of how you begin to retrain your brain. This is how you start. Number one, everyone say number one. You have to remove. This is, this is one of these things that people don't always focus on or take time, but you actually have to remove some stuff from your life. This is why we are starting the year 21 days of prayer and fasting because there's certain things that we want to get rid of in our life. Listen to me. Every thought that comes into your head is not necessarily from you. I think so many people don't understand this. You are not your thoughts. You have to get good at making sure you don't click on the wrong thoughts. Anyone been on the internet recently and like you, you just go to YouTube? Like everyone's like, yeah, I live on the internet. Um, but when you go on the internet, it says like, I, have you noticed like how advertisers are just like, I mean, obviously this is like, what, it's getting amazing what they do. Like, these pop-up ads just show up anywhere. Like you're on YouTube just trying to, you know, go into some weird deep conspiracy thing. And, um, <laughs> and these pop-ups just keep coming up. And have you noticed this? Like, have you ever accidentally clicked on one of these ads? And before you know it, it's like, it's like it takes up your life, bro. Like, it takes you into some other place and like, sign up for this. And you're like, bro, I'm just trying to watch this video, but you've taken me somewhere else that I don't want to go. And all of these ads, if you notice it, they have this little tiny X on them. But these ad agents, they're, they're really smart, right? Because they like hide the X now. You're like, like I, I, at one time, I spent like 15 minutes just trying to find the X, you know? <laughs> but I have learned that when I click on these ads that show up, many times it wastes my time or it takes me down a path I don't want to go. So now I am vigilant and I find the X. I can't control all the different pop-ups. I can't control all the advertisements. You can't necessarily control every thought that comes into your brain, but you can choose to remove certain ones that do not belong there. How do you do it? You have to hit the X. Don't click on it. I love what God's word says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This is what Paul writes. He says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. This is so encouraging. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Modern day translation, 
Everything that comes your way as a temptation to lead you to the flesh, God has already given you a little X. Sometimes you have to search for the X. Sometimes it's hard to find the way out. But if you will stay vigilant, there is an X. You don't have to click on shame in 2022. You don't have to click on gossip in 2022. You don't have to click on comparison or envy or jealousy. You can X out of these things. I'm just choosing to X out. I'm Xing out of fear. I'm Xing out of doubt. I'm, I'm, I want to just X out because God's word says there's an exit strategy, but I have to understand, I have to remove some stuff. Look at what Peter writes. Peter says this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. Listen to what he's saying. Salvation is, is a moment, but as we grow in Christ, we can actually grow in our salvation. And the way that we grow up is that we actually have to get rid of some stuff. He says, get rid of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Because as you get rid of that, you will grow up now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. It's not always just enough to start things. You have to remove some things. I'm excited about your New Year's resolution and all your goals, but homie, you better make some space for those goals to be accomplished. I, um, I struggle with Instagram. <laughs> I've told you this many times, but I've learned that if I'm gonna actually like not look at Instagram, it's not enough for me to come and be like, hey guys, I'm not looking at Instagram this week and just leave it there on my phone. I've learned that I actually have to remove the app from my phone. Because I'm just not strong enough. Just like, <laughs> here's more of a serious comparison, but if, if you're an alcoholic, you really have no business planning your birthday party in the bar. Just hoping today, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's not gonna be a problem for me. Yes, it will. <laughs> just like if you struggle with pornography and you wanna get rid of that addiction, you, you can't let devices be in your bedroom or places of privacy. You actually have to say, I'm gonna actually take it a step further. I'm gonna get rid of something. I'm gonna remove the opportunity. I'm gonna remove the place of where the opportunity intersects with my desire. This is why we're doing the fast. This is why we challenge our church. Because what we're trying to say is for the next 21 days, let's set our minds on the spirit. Why? Because whatever I feed, either my flesh or the spirit, it's going to get stronger. And I want to help you over the next 21 days. If you could set your mind on the things of Christ, and if you could set your mind on spiritual things, what's going to happen is the result is going to be peace and life. Because whatever you, whatever you feed gets stronger, and whatever you starve gets weaker. And the reality of it is the way that you feed your spirit is by starving your flesh. That's why many people are gonna actually fast and say, I'm not gonna eat because I'm, I'm starving my flesh in order to feed my spirit. I'm retraining my brain. I'm retraining my brain. Now, I love what the apostle Paul says. I'm gonna preach about this in three weeks, but 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three, listen to how aggressive he is with his language. For though we walk in the flesh, there it is again, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. 
We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Watch this. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. This is war language that Paul's using. Destroy strongholds. What's a stronghold? Anything that's stopping you from getting God's truth into your spirit. I take every wandering thought captive. This man is like at war. Captives punish disobedient thoughts. I don't know what your forms of discipline are for your children. That's between you and your family. Um, I grew up in an era you can't even talk about anymore because I was disciplined and I don't know if that's even the correct word. Um, But like, you know, maybe the simplest form that sometimes parents can do is with a child is just put a child in time out for a minute or two and let them have some alone time where just for a moment, I'm gonna have you in time out. Let me just tell you, some of your toxic thoughts, you need to put an eternal time out. Like you actually need to get a new picture in your mind of what these thoughts are doing to you as they come by. I don't have to click on it. I don't have to go down that path. I'm actually gonna put it in time out and this is gonna be a forever time out. I'm never coming back to engage with you. You're not getting out of your room. You're staying right there forever. <laughs> this is the way that Paul is, is teaching. This is how aggressive he is with his language. Because here's what I know. Whatever you don't make space for God, God can't fill. Anyone find themselves over the holidays doing some, I know it's called spring cleaning, but like winter cleaning. We, we had a couple days at our house and my wife was on a rampage, just like closets. It's like, come on. I'm like, this is a lot, you know? I thought we were on vacation. I guess not. Um, but how many of you know that we're taking that stuff out of the closet because we know that there's gonna be new stuff put into the closet. And if I don't make space, Space by getting rid of the old, then there's not going to be any space to fill with the new. Some of us, as we start this year, even today, what are some things that you need to remove? What are some relationships that don't need to be in your life any longer? What are some habits that you have been giving too much attention to? What are some thought patterns that you're gonna say, I'm gonna put in time out and I'm gonna punish that thought forever. I'm not going back to it. I'm gonna remove, why? I'm gonna remove so that I can Renew. Everyone say renew. This is so very, very important because if you want to retrain your brain, you start with removing things, but then you go to this idea, you have to renew things. This is beautiful, beautiful. There was a study done in 2005 and the study discovered that you and I, we, we think anywhere, watch this, from 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day. But what's, what is mind-blowing is that out of all of those thoughts, 80% of our thoughts are negative. And here's what's even scarier. 95% of those thoughts are thoughts that we had from the day before. What an alarming truth. What I learned is that it's always easier to be negative than it is to be positive. It's always easier to feed the flesh and to set my mind on the flesh, things that are decaying and dying versus the spirit which brings life. And not just that, I am prone to thinking the same thoughts over and over and over again. Science would tell us that once you've thought a thought, it's easier to think that thought again. Now, what does Paul tell us in Romans chapter 12? This is a powerful scripture. Verse one, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul is talking about transforming, changing your life. But he says the pathway to transforming your life is by renewing your mind. Well, how do I renew my mind? He says, well, you can't conform to the pattern of this world any longer. We have three kids under three in my house. And what that means is that when you wake up, oftentimes in the morning, you feel like you're living with that kid from home alone. It's like my house has got booby traps everywhere, bro. You're stepping on stuff. Like literally this morning, I was going to my kid's room and I hit some like grace car. I almost fell and, you know, broke my shoulder, but somehow I got here by the grace of God. But the other day I was, I was, I was walking to my car and when I, when I walked outside, I stepped into something. And right when I said, I was like, what, what, what was that? You know, and I pull up my shoe. And as I pull up my shoe, there is the biggest piece of Play-Doh stuck in the sole of my shoe. And what's interesting about the Play-Doh is that immediately the Play-Doh took on the form of the sole of my shoe because that's what Play-Doh does. It conforms to patterns that as soon as the pressure of my soul came down, the the Play-Doh conformed to the pattern of my shoe. We just tell you in 2022, we don't need Play-Doh Christians. We don't need a community of believers that when the pressure of this word, world comes down upon you, that you just conform to the pattern of this world. Instead, you have to be transformed. How do you do it? Through the renewing of your mind. Don't just think a new thought, think a God thought. Well, how do I renew my mind? You actually have to think new thoughts. You actually have to think God's thoughts. Maybe you've heard this term before that you can change your brain. It's actually true. Science would call this neuroplasticity, that your brain is malleable. Like literally, like your brain is being shaped and all these little brain waves are creating pathways. And so science calls this neuroplasticity that through your environments, through decision-making, that you can change your brain. You can think new thoughts. And as you think a new thought, you start to act a different way. And as you act a different way, you form a new habit. As you form new habits, you form a new life. And so the world calls it neuroplasticity, but the Bible calls it renewing your mind. You say, Rich, how do you renew the mind? You renew the mind when you pay more attention, not to the world, but to God's word. And you use spiritual weapons. What is the greatest spiritual weapon? Well, it's right here. It's called the sword of the spirit. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it's the truth that I speak into my life. And from this truth, I find freedom and I find abundance and I find life in him. It's amazing because I think oftentimes when I look at the world and like where we're at today as society, it seems like there's like two types of Christians it's like there's this one type of Christian, it's, like, it's called like separatism. All right, Rich, I'm never entering into that world ever again. See no evil, hear no evil. All I want is Christian friends. All I want is Christian music. All I want is Christian clothes. In fact, you're gonna know I'm a Christian because my, my, my shirt says so. I love Jesus. I'm gonna put bumper stickers on my car. Is this restaurant, is this a Christian restaurant? Who's making the food back there? Is that Chef Christian? Is he praying for my food back there? Okay, 
See no evil, hear no evil. I'm a Christian. I'm separating. And, and you know, what you discover is that you, you can never separate enough. Because <laughs> Paul says it right there. It's like we, we're in this flesh decaying body. Like, so I can be in the world, but not of the world. But, but, but separatism is not what we're called to. Well, there's this other kind of Christian. It's not separatism. It's what you call syncretism. And what we start to do is we just take on the pattern of this world, but we go to church on Sunday. You guys booing today? You guys booing? Okay, cool, yeah, God bless. But when you start to talk to these Christians, you find out that they think just like the world. And I'm not talking about good and evil, I'm talking about something much deeper, I'm talking about a mindset. So their worry is the world's worry. Their fear is the world's fear. Their ideas are the world's ideas. Their, their term of success is the world's idea of success. And it's shallow and it's syncretism. And I've just become like the world because I'm just thinking like the world. What if there is a third option? I always think that there is. I always think the, the pattern of Jesus is, is paradoxical. He's like, you want me to teach you about success? I'll teach you about success. You gotta serve. You want me to teach you about glory? I'll teach you about glory. It's called, you have to suffer. You want me to teach you about prosperity? Cool, it's called generosity. And I think that the third option is this word that we know as a theological word. It's not separatism or syncretism. It's called just sanctification. Nah, man. I'm being renewed every day in my mind. I don't think like that. I think something bigger and something better. I think about an eternal home that I am going to. And every time this world tries to get me, I just go back to God's word and I am reminded that I am being sanctified, that I am on a process. I'm looking more and more like Jesus. So what does that mean? That means I'm not perfect, but I am certainly being perfected. What does that mean? That means, yes, I'm struggling, but I've already decided I'm not giving up. That means I, I, I haven't arrived yet, but I know I'm on the journey and I'm not backing down and I'm not quitting. Science calls it neuroplasticity, but God's word just says, renew your mind. And if you'll just renew your mind every day and focus it on God's word and don't let it wander, what's gonna happen is that you're gonna find a life transformed. A life transformed. We remove we renew, and then lastly, if we're gonna retrain our brain, it's this simple word, the word is reset. You just have to reset. And I just wanna, I just wanna tell some people, 2022 is not your year to resume. It's not, a, it's not a resume season. This is a reset season. This is a reset season. Practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. And creating new pathways in your brain, it's almost like going on a, on a hike and some trails are already flattened, and so people have already walked down them, so it's easy to walk down that trail. But just because there's one trail doesn't mean there's not other ways and other opportunities. And so to make a new trail, it takes work and it, it takes effort, but the more and more you go down that pathway, the more and more it becomes smoother ground. It's how your brain works. It's actually how we lead into something different. If you've never thought through the lens of faith, it's difficult at first, but the more and more you do it, the more and more your default becomes faith. 
If you've never thought through the lens of purpose, it's challenging at first, but the more and more you do it, you find yourself looking at every area of your life saying, is there purpose on this? Is this attached to eternity or is this just temporary? And resetting means to do something again, to do it again. And so when it comes to this idea of renew and remove, this is not just like a New Year's Day sermon. This actually has to become the mission of your life that I remove, then I renew, and then I reset. Meaning I do it again and again and again because that which I'm doing doesn't make me perfect. It makes it permanent in my life. And so I want to permanently think and have my mind set on the spirit, which leads to life and peace. Listen, a lot of us in this room, we already know the pathway to anxiety. You already know the pathway to depression. You already know the pathway to jealousy. You already know the pathway to doubt. You've you've been there, but if you wanna get to a new place, you gotta take a new path. I wanna find the path to peace, to joy, to love, to fulfillment, to purpose, to kindness. I wanna look more like Jesus. And if I'm gonna do that, I have to reset. I have to do it again and I have to reset. And so I'm resetting today. I'm in God's house and I'm resetting my week. Awesome stuff kind of got out of, I'm resetting on Sunday that I might step into the future. We just had Christmas and I don't know if you got all the gifts that you wanted, I hope, I hope you did. By the way, at what point do you have to stop making a Christmas list? Like, is it okay to be 37? Be like, and number nine? Oh. <laughs> Some of y'all 42 sending out Amazon links to your friends, you know? <laughs> but we had our kids and it's fun having kids and they're all getting gifts and the exchange is taking place. And always looking at my kids now, it's like such a, a strange experience because you see yourself and your kids and it brings back all these memories uh, of being a child as well. And I remember uh, one Christmas, I got the gift that I always wanted, which was the Nintendo Power Pad. Some of y'all too young to know about even, you're like, Nintendo, what is that? Is that tongues from the Bible? No, it was, it was a, a game console that was awesome, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, these old, you remember those old cartridges and you had to put them in there. And my favorite thing with the Nintendo is like the game's not working, you have to pull it out, you have to, you blow on it. Like, I don't know who told us that even works, you know? It's like, every kid does this, you know? And I got the power pad. The power pad was this like, you know, accessory that you would play this game. I think it was like events stadium where you could do um, all these like decathlon games where you, you would sprint, you do the hurdles, you do the long jump. And so you'd get on the power pad and you'd like run in motion, you know? And so my brother and I, we'd, we'd play against each other. And we found out the hack that, you know, if you come off and you just use your hands, you can go even quicker, you know? <laughs> we play this game for hours, but you know, I, I wasn't always the best at video games, but I've always had a very competitive spirit. And um, <laughs> I learned quickly on the game console that if I was losing the game or if the game wasn't going good, um, there's this little button <laughs> on the Nintendo console. Some of y'all know this that says reset. And so rather than lose the game, you just jump off the power pad and you hit reset real quick. And it's like, let's start over, you know? <laughs> and instantly you're back at the beginning. And I was just thinking that many of us in this room, what we need is we, we need a mindset reset. We need a mindset reset. We need to come back to the good work of what Jesus has done. Romans chapter eight, our key text today, it starts out saying, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. 
see Jesus Christ, he came to this earth 2000 years ago. And when he came, he came with a massive reset for your life. In fact, it's even better than that. He came with a rebirth for your life. So therefore, if you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. But today, just because your heart has been converted, I wonder, has your mind been reset? Are you thinking a higher thought and a better thought and a God thought? Are you reframing your story to the story of the gospel and the good news of Jesus that he came for sinners and I am the chief among sinners, but he loved me so much that he gave his life and he went to a cross and he paid the price for my sin and for my shame and for my condemnation. He was pretty serious about it. He did something extravagant for me and he died my death, but better than just dying my death, he, he he resurrected and he rose. And because of it, I can find life in him. And that's why we can sing, you can do anything, Lord, because you resurrected three days later. And now today, anything is possible in you because the same power that conquered death, hell, and the grave, it lives inside of you if you're in Christ Jesus. And so let me just encourage you on the first Sunday of the new year, maybe last year it was going bad, or maybe the game of life you were struggling or you were about to fail, or maybe you fell down. Can I remind you that your destiny is not down, but your destiny is always up? Why not have a reset today and be reminded that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, that he has good things in store for you. Retrain your brain. Retrain your brain. Remove, renew, reset. And that's what I want to do for the next 21 days here at Voo Church. I want to retrain my brain. I want to set it on the spirit. I want to set it upon God and what he says. And I wanna fight this battle against the enemy, not externally, but I wanna fight it spiritually with the weapon called the word. The weapon called the word. Would you bow your heads wherever you're at today? City Church Chicago, Voo City, South Miami, everyone online. Lord, I thank you today for what you're doing in our house. Thank you today that you're, you're meeting people right where they are. We thank you, God, that you're at work. So Lord, we put our trust in you. We put our faith in you. We believe, God, that you're always doing more than we can think. You're always doing more than we can see. So Lord, we put our trust into you. But God, today we want a new mindset. God, we need an attitude adjustment. Lord, we need our mood to be intervened with, Lord. We wanna set our mind on, on what you are thinking about. In fact, even just right now, don't just pursue the morals of Christ. Pursue the mind of Christ. I want the mind of Christ. I want the mind of Christ. Do a work in us today, Jesus. God, we remove every toxic thought. We don't have to click on that anymore. We can X out of that. God, we renew ourselves. We're not just gonna think the same thought as yesterday. We're not just gonna be a Plato Christian. But God, we're gonna fight back. But Lord, we're resetting today. We are resetting on you and your story, the gospel message, a God who loved us so much that he gave his life for us. And if you're in this room today or watching online and you've never made your peace with God, you've never surrendered your life over to Jesus, I just wanna give you that opportunity right now to be reconciled to God through Jesus. That's why I can smile every Sunday, no matter what the news says, no matter what others say about me, I can smile every Sunday because of what Jesus has already done. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. 
We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you 